Hey Star Wars fans, welcome to another episode of the Jedi Council. It is good to be back with you and if this is the first time you are listening, welcome. My name is Alex and I am the host of this bad batch of people. Hope you like the pun there, thank you very much. Um, and of course, <laughs> I am not alone and that voice you can hear is Mr. Contrary himself, Alistair Clark. Say hello, Ali. Hello. I was like, okay, all right, fine. Because normally you do your little funky voice on your phone. So I was expecting you to have something lined up. Not sure if I'm here or not tonight. I'm being unpredictable. Oh, dearie me. Mr. He's not Mr. Contrary anymore. He's Mr. Unpredictable. There we go. Yeah. Uh, and to my virtual right is my good brother and buddy in the, full, in the force, Dave. Say hello, Dave. Hello, Dave. Welcome. And to my virtual left, some... 3,000-ish miles, literally, to the other side of the Atlantic is the First Lady of the Jedi Council, Mera Ranger. Say hello, Mera. Hello, Mera. Welcome, everyone. And Mera, your first podcast of 2021. I know, I know. You've been a busy, busy bee. How are you? I'm doing well, doing well. You know, getting some raises and, you know, (laughs) traveling and... A little bit more, a little bit freer over here, so maybe too freer, that's probably part of the... <laughs> anyway, doing well. Good, good, and it's nice that one of us can at least travel as part of this, because us Brits are still in lockdown and can't go anywhere. No, I take that back, we can go to the Falkland Islands and the Christmas Islands. Did you have to get him started on this one? <laughs> Dude, I'm missing travelling as much as we all are, and I'm not saying any more about that whatsoever. Um, we may have... Justin, pop along later, but we're not sure. We hopefully can make it for at some point, but if not, we are going to crack on anyway. Um, big topic of conversation this week in particular, the Bad Batch. For those of you who are Star Wars fans, as you are, because I hope you are, if you're listening to this podcast, uh, we all know Disney released the first episode of that on May the 4th. Um, we had a 70-minute episode. Now, is that two episodes or is that one? That's two two right it's what it's what they've done with rebels it's what they did with clone wars it's almost like a feature length episode isn't it yeah so like if that's two does that make the episode that was released on friday episode three or episode two good question you're calling it episode two so or maybe i'm just thinking way too much about it i think it is called episode two yeah on disney plus it's episode two fridays if if the the people at disney are calling it episode two we're going to call it episode three. No, we'll call it episode two as well, then, if that's the case. <laughs> so, yes, but before we do that, I'm, I'm, I know, I think you answered it. We've all seen it, right? Both episodes? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And we are going to be going massively into spoiler territory uh, across both episodes. So, listeners, if you are not sure if you've seen them or you want to see one and wait for the other one, give us a pause, come back, and we'll carry on. For those of you that are waiting to hear us talk about the bad batch let's get into it so may the fourth dropped a 70 minute episode like i touched on of the bad batch which is a continuation of their arc that we saw in season seven of the clone wars uh but effectively starts at the point of order 66 now before we get into the controversy of the canon element and we will debate that i'm sure um can we just talk about the intro just for a tiny, tiny bit? I wasn't expecting the intro to be full on Clone Wars and then obviously the, the Clone Wars 
logo was burnt out with the Bad Batch. And even the voiceover by Tom Kane, I was expecting something completely left field. I don't know about you guys. Mary, you're, you're nodding along with me here. Same with you? Yeah, absolutely. When I I thought I had actually hit the wrong button and started watching Clone Wars, I'm like, what what, what is this? And then I I'm like registered. Yeah, so I didn't expect it either. And I must admit, I, I actually really like that because it shows that it is a continuation of their their story. While it is brand new per se, and I think, and let me know if this is a bad assumption to make, guys, any new watcher could get in and start that at that particular episode and probably just get involved. They don't necessarily have to have seen all of the seven seasons, or maybe if they'd have seen the, the arc from season seven, perhaps it would help. But if not, I don't think, they, they could probably just jump in as a new watcher and just get involved, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they even introduce them by name, which is quite a clever way of doing it, because um, when Caleb Dune, um, introduced, without jumping too far ahead, when he introduces the Bad Batch to his Jedi Master, he, each of them name themselves. So yeah, it's, yeah, I, it's like... A, I'm Crusher. Yeah, that's a, it was a nice way to do it, because if you hadn't seen season seven you can just jump in and pick it up and, and run with it right yeah. and therefore it was a good way to start ali were you expecting that kind of start as well or did that take you was no, I, I, I was i was surprised. it was red as well the clone wars it was, it was yes. the more it wasn't the the normal clone wars and obviously with tom kane knowing that he's obviously had a stroke and lost his voice that could be one of the last times you, you hear that. I don't know how much of it he recorded before his horrible illness happened. Um, I, I, I thought it was kind of lovely knowing what's happened to him and his family in the last year. And, and obviously that they've been able to do that. And um, yeah, I, thought, I, I mean, I, I think I said I really didn't care particularly for this. And um, yeah, I was pleasantly surprised where it started. I was going to say, yeah, let's actually take a quick step back before we get into the episode itself. In our last podcast, listeners, if you haven't listened to it, take a quick listen. Ali was not super positive or super excited about Bad Batch. And the reasons being, you can listen to that podcast. But just to quickly jump on your point there, mate, your opinion has changed a little bit. Are we, you're talking about episode one or both of them now? Just in general. Hmm. Not sure it has. Oh. So, all right, let's take another step back. Episode one. Oh, yeah, I like that. You really liked it. Episode two? No. No? No. Dave? I really liked it. And I can understand Ali's reservations for episode two, but I still enjoyed episode two, and I felt it was a worthwhile episode as well. Meryl? Well, it got me liking Omega a little bit more than I did in the first one. Yeah. Let's get back to that, because in our Jedi Council WhatsApp group, you made a very good kind of comment about her, which I agree with. But let's get into that in just a, li in a little bit longer. Let's talk about that intro, Ali and, and Dave. You know, you, Dave, you mentioned there that they were introduced by Caleb. Now, I wasn't expecting... I was kind of expecting the Order 66 link because I think they had to establish that. And obviously when we see the trailer, there's they're chasing after them and whatnot. So I kind of expected there to be a reference to it on a mission in particular. Wasn't expecting it to basically be a link to Rebels. And 
I think that was a big surprise for all of us. I hadn't seen any spoilers on social media. I hadn't seen it in any blogs or anything like that. And I think we're all kind of nodding along. And that that was that was one of the biggest surprises, considering it was only what sixty seconds, ninety seconds into the episode, right? Ali, you're nodding frivolously there, mate. Yeah, it's it wasn't expecting it to be. Him. No, it was. It, it's one of those good surprises where it was really obvious, but none of us thought about it. And I like that kind of clever storytelling. I mean, there is a part of me which is like, and we'll probably differ on this. I don't know how many times we have to see Order sixty six from a different point of view. I've kind of seen it from the most important view for me, which is Anakin's and what happens. And I saw that many, many years ago. And then last year we saw it from Ahsoka's point of view and Rex's. And now we're seeing it from a Padawan and that. I just... And and we will go into this, I think, a little bit thing. It makes the universe feel a little bit smaller for me when they keep doing this sort of thing. But I will go into that, particularly in the second episode, where my familiar sort of misgivings of recent Star Wars storytelling came back in. What I really liked to be positive about this episode was I felt that it put story and narrative at the heart of it. I felt, you know, it wasn't about amazing graphics, new technology. It was literally a good, solid story. And um, and I thought that was... I don't know. I felt like fans had been listened to that were crying out for that after the last few years so i thought i thought that was a real positive yeah it's an interesting one because i think clone wars has established itself as a a quality medium to show star wars in that animated style and then every season of the clone wars the style and and the actual uh quality of the of the animation has kind of got better every single season i think season seven was was brilliant as well and i think that that in itself to your point is a consistent but the storytelling part of it can be not lacking that's that's probably the wrong word but the, the the storytelling needs that to be more consistent and i think we may be starting to get that in this particular season and and you know um Mera, when you think of the introduction of kanan as we all now know him as uh, <laughs> obviously we know who he is wasn't expecting that either was you I wasn't. I mean, I had this feeling that he was somebody we were going to know, that there was some sort of connection. And then, um, then of course, when he talked, it was like, okay, it was startling at first because, uh, you know, he he, he kind of raised his the timbre of his voice a little bit later on. But, um, but yeah, no, I didn't. Uh, I didn't know who it was, but I kind of knew that. Okay, they they're pin, they're showing this Padawan and this his uh, Jedi master for a reason. And then all of a sudden once she said his name or whatever. So. And, and let's get into that a little bit. Cause Dave, we had a bit of a conversation about this bit and we, how setting up Caleb um, as the focal point for this, as a storytelling mechanism kind of works, but it's another example of Lucasfilm going against their own established canon. Um, and while the stories are loosely the same-ish, so much so that I actually read I read the comic book earlier on, the first two episodes, just to see how similar they are. It's still a... It's not a retcon per se, but it kind of is, isn't it? It's, it's different. It, oh, yeah. I, I think that is what really annoys me about this episode. They didn't... And, and this goes back to what Ali just said there. 
why why use an established character who has already got an established backstory and then completely on it <laughs> and that that annoyed me because I, I know I know Mare is not a comic book person, um, and no problem with that whatsoever. I know that Ali's not a comic book person, no problem with that neither. But why spend all the effort in point? I think it was a twelve book comic run that was really well received, yeah, and did really well at the comic stands and with the fans, and then completely trash it by unveiling an entirely different method. For Caleb Dune surviving Order sixty six, and and if anything, it 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 makes a sacrifice that happened in that comic book, um, no longer matter, and and yeah, for me, they didn't have to do that, and and I know I don't know exactly why it's Dave Filoni, Dave Filoni playing his own little sandpit, the Filoni verse, yeah, never gets criticised for it. Apart from by me, quite a bit. Well, this time he's being criticised by me for it as well. Because well, I'm, I'm really not happy that he's done that. I think I'm a bit, I'm a bit more forgiving of this one, but the previous ones like in Ahsoka, which were like completely different, that for me was was a, was a random one. Whereas obviously with this one, let's just quickly look at the similarities. It's on the same planet. Yeah. It's with. One of the two same stormtroopers from uh, clone troopers, sorry, yeah, from the comic. Yeah, there is the consistency that it's the end of a battle. Yeah, um, there is the consistency that Caleb has got the relationship with the clone troopers. Except you didn't really see that relationship in this one. You saw his kind of relationship with Wrecker. Yeah. Yes, you saw. Yeah, you saw it with the back, yeah. which is completely different. Yeah. So. And then obviously at the end of that battle, there is um, the moment of kind of chill. Order 66 comes in and then all hell breaks loose. And even in the comic, which is very similar to the show, his master says, you need to run. Yes. And that, and obviously he does. But of course there are everything around it, like shoehorning in the bad batch. Well, well, I think in the comic, it's been a while since I've read the comic, so bear with me on this. I thought it was it was some time after the battle. They were relaxing. They they were sat around a fire or yeah. or a camp or something like that. It was a completely different situation. It was at night after the battle had finished, but the same day, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So whereas this was still on the battlefield. Yeah. Um. So yeah, so there was a difference there. But then it, it was the relationship he had with those clone troopers because it ends up being one of those clone troopers who who sacrifices himself to allow Caleb to escape. He, he, he breaks his programming, allowing Caleb to escape. And, and, and that's a big part of that, that comic book series. Because then there's the equivalent is the Bad Batch letting him go. So instead of it being a clone trooper from... The comic, it's just a different one being somebody from the Bad Batch. True, but it's, it's also a case of, it, it was, the way it was positioned in the comic, it was almost like the friendship that that clone had with Caleb broke his programming. Yeah. Um, 
rather than it being a case of a bunch of clones who didn't have the programming allowing him to escape. Well, that 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 in itself is actually up for debate because we kind of know that they do have the programming. It just doesn't affect them like the others because of their mutation. I don't want to call it. Yeah, do we want to call it a mutation? Let's stick with that for now. Uh, I, think they, I think that's what they're termed, isn't it? Uh, mutant clones or something like that. Abnormal, or modified, or modified. There you go. Um, so their modifications has impacted the effect of the inhibitor chip. Mm. which in itself is an interesting one. I'm sure we'll get to that in a minute. But I think that the way that they introduced it and done that, I am a little bit more forgiving because of its same but different. Yeah. Can I ask a question at this point as well? You know the way that they introduce and they literally take out a whole garrison of droids? Yeah. You know, basically five of them. Why do you think they never made more of them if they could do this? And literally just send them all over the galaxy? Because they didn't follow orders. Yeah. Good soldiers follow orders, as we are consistently told. Yeah. And, and and that's a common theme in the, in the actual episode, the fact that they admit they don't follow orders. Right. Apart from... But if they get the job process. done yeah. and end wars quicker. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but... Because I think I think basically well, I know you're more forgiven on this comic thing and having never read it, I probably am not really entitled to opinion. Yeah. But, but, yeah, but well, the tr- but the truth is but the truth is is you know the reason it doesn't have it is because they hadn't even thought about the Bad Batch at that point when they wrote that comic. Well, yeah, right. yeah. Because at that point there were no modified clones. There was that was not intended. There were no clones that could take out huge garrisons like that between yeah. five of them. Between five, five. Yeah. Yes, yes and no. Not even. Because we saw them hold up, but don't yeah. worry. Five clone troopers can do what a Jedi can't. No worries. It's it's funny because no like, this, 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 no this comic the comic was written in 2015. Um, so yeah, to your point, mate. Clone Wars had been cancelled. Yeah, it had been. Um, there was no conversation around bringing it back. Rebels had kicked off because the tie-in to this is at the start of the comic is a flashback scene from. It starts off as a scene in Rebels where they're going to LaFal and it's a flashback. So you've got the link to Rebels straight up. Um, but yeah, I think your point there, mate, about why they didn't make more. And again, if we go back to the EU with the Karen Travis novels, the concepts of the clones that are in that are the novels in that they're, they're, they're not modified. They are imperfect for want of the Camino's phrase. Mm. So by being imperfect, they stopped making them like that because they didn't want them to be like that anymore. But on the flip side, they were very much like the Bad Batch in that they just didn't, re- not necessarily didn't care, that's probably the wrong phrase, but they were so good, but they just didn't follow orders as well. They did their own thing. So again, it's it's kind of a much of a much just like for likeness, but to your point, it just wasn't associated or thought of at that point in time, whereas now they've taken a well-received, liked, loved character, which I want to come back to Mark <laughs> Mara's point earlier on about his voice. That's That's the one thing that threw me. It sounded like Freddie Prince Jr., and I'm like, Wait, hold on. He he's a boy. Why does he sound like that? And but obviously they've tweaked his vocal cords to be a little bit higher. And I was that was a little bit jarring for me. Um, Amara, you're nodding away there. Same for you, right? Oh my goodness, it, it jarring is a very good word for it because like, all of a sudden he first speaks and I'm like, what? What the? What? Who is that? What is that? And so I knew immediately who the character was because I recognized. 
Freddie Prince's Junior's voice, but I'm like, that does not fit uh, a, a young Padawan. I mean, here's how old is Padawan, and he sounds like he's forty. <laughs> I'm like, he's going through puberty. <laughs> What, there and then? <laughs> that yeah. is a moment in time. Well, like, Amy, Amy now says that she can hear William in another part of the house. And he's got a deeper, much, he's 14, and he's got a deeper voice. And Amy's, Amy can say that sometimes she can't tell the difference between his voice and mine when we're in different rooms. Oh, so all she hears is the deep, thanks. All she can <laughs> hear is the deep voice. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, it was quite jarring at first. And then I noticed the... the he was talking a little bit later and I was okay so he's either they've either tuned him up or he's he controlled his voice to be younger (laughs) but it was definitely like (laughs) and I just did a like look on my face for those who can't see me (laughs) you was on mute Ali yeah that's why I stopped myself as well though because I was still talking um no it's the same software they use in the Mandalorian for Mark Hamill oh really yeah because obviously, if you think about Mark Hamill in the sequel trilogy, he sounds different. They used the same software to de-age his voice in The Mandalorian. Ah, good to know. Okay. Uh, that's interesting because obviously there's, there are similarities, and we've had a bit of an offline conversation about it's about, and maybe I'm jumping ahead to, see, to the second episode, but it's like looking after the kid. Um, there are those comparisons, but we'll, let's get to that in just a minute. Um, but I think let's kind of wrap up the whole part about Caleb or Canaan, whatever you want to call him, um, Dave, it, it got to you. I know it did. It, it did. And I think, and, and to, to go back to your point about Ahsoka, I think it's almost a case of, and dare I say this, because I know that Dave Filoni is seen as a bit of a god within Star Wars. He also listens to this podcast, obviously. Uh, well, so, yeah. so maybe he needs to just, just bear this in mind. I think it's a case of, because these are characters he created, I don't. I think it's more a case of there may be a canon novel for Ahsoka, there may be a canon comic book series for uh, uh, Kayla Dune for for Kanan. and I think his view is, you know, what, I can't give a damn because these are my characters, and I will decide how they originated and where they went, and I'm not bored whether there's something that's considered canon because this is canon according to Filoni. Do we think it's a interpretation of George Lucas canon, if that makes sense? No, because that was the same problem I had with The Mandalorian. It's the exact same problem why I didn't like the second series of The Mandalorian. Because? And I said that at the time about Filoni canon, that he gets forgiven for stuff that other people just will not. Like, there is a huge difference, I always say, about Filoni... And Favreau bringing back Boba Fett and George Lucas bringing him back. For me, there was a huge difference in that. Because at that point, it becomes Filoni canon. And we've discussed this before, so let's not go over it. But like, because you're used to it in the EU, but I'm not. But George Lucas canon is, is that guy is in a Sarlacc at the end. And I didn't expect to ever see him again. So, yeah. So what I meant by George Lucas canon is when, when you had the old EU, there was like this established canon, canon basically where the movies, because that's all George Lucas made before Clone Wars, that was George Lucas canon. Then you had kind of EU canon. Then you had fanfic. So, you know, yeah. push that to the side. Um, whereas now, obviously, when Lucasfilm reintroduced everything, there was this assumption that books, comics, TV shows would 
all be canon? It's not an assumption. Well, they said yeah, it, it didn't they? They've actually said it. So you've now got the movies. Dare I say you've got Filoni canon, which is everything he makes on the TV. Then you've got the books and the comics. And the video games. And the video games, yeah. Sorry, thank you. They should all be equally valid. According to Lucasfilm, they're all equally valid. But now we've had two instances of Dave Filoni deciding that his canon trumps existing canon. And to Ali's point, the fans are very accepting of that. They are. Rightly or wrongly, depending on your point of view. it's, it's possible the fans won't have read the book. It's possible the fans won't won't have read the comic books. See, that's and the also, thing, isn't it? That then means that that novel and that comic book series are decanonized straight away. Because yeah. what trumps is the volume that the where the majority of fans live. A majority of the fans live on screen. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, so I my theory is is that they are accepting a lot of people a lot of Dave's uh, stuff because basically I mean I've heard it several times. Oh, Dave was weaned at George Lucas's feet on Star Wars, and he knows it just as much as George does. So I really think that's where we come in with rose-colored glasses on a lot of fans to overlook and. But get, all right, well, it doesn't really, but but it's Dave, and Dave is a little George Lucas, and uh, yeah, I think that's where this is getting to. Uh, all's forgiven, Dave. All's forgiven. Just have have at it. Yeah. And I, yeah, I think you're right. There's, I think we all love what Dave has done in Star Wars, um, and because of what he has done, there's obviously that level of this dude knows what he's doing because to your point, Mary, he's learned at the foot of the master. Um, so therefore, give him a bit of leeway. But should we? Is that the question we should be asking? Should we give him leeway, or should we hold him as accountable as JJ Abrams for bringing back Palpatine? I don't know. I think we should hold them all accountable and say, "Hey, George, what is your big story? How can we like weave this all in together and not just do whatever the heck we want because we're going rogue?" Because <laughs> what a wonderful story George started. What's wrong with that? I mean, and then we can like offshoot on something totally different without having to reference everything again because the world is so big that he created. I mean, it's, it's anyway, carry on. No, I think that's a very valid point. I mean, and, it, really good. And, and Ali, you touched on this at the start, didn't you? How the world feels small. Yeah. I mean, so I know that's the second episode and that was one of the issues that you had, but it seems like, I know, I know we're jumping ahead to the second episode, but nevertheless, that was one of the things that you said really well, well, got Even you, in the right? first episode, it started, but I kind of ignored it when Saw Gerrera turns up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Because, like, there are yeah. some, like, there are, like, I don't know, there are a few characters who appear to be in absolutely everything. everything. You know, <laughs> if Darth Maul doesn't turn up at some point, even though, you know, I'll, I'll be shocked. Because he just, well, he is going to turn up, actually. We know that because we know um, Dryden Voss is in it because we saw that in one of the hologram images in the trailers. So he's going to turn up. And that ties um, into the very end of the Clone Wars. Yeah. Because he was in the Clone Wars cartoons. So he will turn up in this. There's no doubt. He'll turn so, up. Oh, yes, we did. So when you said we saw Dryden Voss in one of the, I'm like, 
we did. And then, yes, we did. Right, it was the end, wasn't it? Yeah. Right, because yeah, we see yeah. the kind of council of people yeah, that yeah. Darth Maul's in charge of in terms of the. Um, yes, yeah. What are they called? What are they called? I can't remember off the top of my head. Oh, the thingy. Not Death Watch. Not oh, no, the the crime. Not the thingy. The, the crime syndicate type crime people. Syndicate, but yeah. I can't remember what, exactly what they call, but it's but it's called He's, that in uh, Solo. Crimson. Um, into the field. Crimson Dawn. Crimson Dawn. Dawn. There are Crimson Dawn. There you go. Thank you. Um, yeah, so we know that that's going to happen. That's what I mean. Like, it's like, here's these well, well of characters that Fanoni loves, and oh, look, he's done it. Oh, where's Ahsoka? Where is she? Come on, come on. <laughs> Episode seven, Ahsoka turns up. Episode eight, Rex Maul is turns be there up. as well. We know Rex. Oh, well, we know oh. Rex is coming. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, we do know that because, of course, there's only one possible trooper who could find other troopers on another planet in the entire universe in Episode two. That's well, the only thing. Rex was here last week. Oh, was he? There's a yesterday. No, not even last week. Yesterday. What an absolute load of nonsense. How about Kenobi? Oh, I can't wait. Yeah, you and McGregor will turn up and that going, and soon you will see me in my new series. <laughs> <laughs> that like, is, it literally terrible impression. Star Wars into, right? Even on our own planet, I think we could probably name like five or six really key people, right? But there aren't 10 or 20 people that control everything. In Star Wars, there literally is about 10 to 20 people that control the entire galaxy and everything that happens in it. Tarkin. And it's just I, mental. I, I enjoyed seeing Tarkin. But he is another one. He is another one. He is another one. He just turns out, yeah. I was going to yeah. say, Tarkin's another one. Like in this story, though, he made. It made sense because yeah. of the transition that was going on, and that's what I mean about story. But it is again to your point, David. It is going down that well. There was only one moth out there, wasn't there? And his name was Tarkin. He's the only one who could yeah. possibly have done that. Well, he, was, he was an admiral at this point. Yeah, so he, was just, he was just a mere admiral these days. Sorry, I've so it's, but, but you've got him. You've got him appearing. If if you go from a timeline perspective, he appears in Clone Wars. He now appears in Bad Batch. He appears in, in Rebels. He's in Rogue One. Revenge of the Sith. Yes. 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 And, he was uh, on the bridge he's... of the Death Star before he quickly nipped over to Camino the next minute. Because actually, if you think this is one of the criticisms I have seen, is the problem that the Order 66 thing is making that timeline so small that it's almost incredible that so much happened in roughly 12 hours. Um... <laughs> Pretty much. And where's Vader? He can show up through this whole thing, can't he? Well, I suppose he's, he's a robot at the moment, isn't he? Or he's he's, he's still on the yeah. operating. He's on Mustafar, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Being so, turned into Vader. But he can yeah. do anything now. Oh well, yeah, I mean, we could get onto that because obviously we know what happened to Vader because of the comic series, our old friend comic series, mm. and his suit that is fireproof and yeah. waterproof, but not electric proof because the first thing the Emperor does, of course, is, is electrocute the guy to death to show that he's in charge. Well, it's 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 a, it's a funny one because Mary, you're you're bang on. I didn't That's even think of, of I didn't even think about Vader being in this, but ultimately he could be. You know, beginning. Well, we we kind of know that because like two weeks ago, what's the name? Matt Lanter came out and says you've not seen the last of Anakin. Where could that be? Where could that be? Yeah, but <laughs> where could that be, Tom? Alex? Where? I just I can't I think of where I could it be. Right? And when Hayden Christensen's coming back in uh, the other one. Oh, what? Oh, the suspense is killing me. This, this is why you don't like prequels, isn't it? It's why I hate things where I know the outcome. 
And that's why I kind of thought this was going down a really interesting, different way after the first episode. And then I'm like, oh no, they they are going to do the obvious here. This is all about how they save their brothers. Okay, I've lost interest. So I I, I got a theory about that, but linking it back to Rex, I don't know if you want to get into that now, but it it kind of does make the world a little bit smaller. Again, my theory does because we know that Rex turns up. He's he's on our screens. We can see him. Uh, his name's Dave. Um, but we've got Rex turning up, and I think he links in with a bad batch. Captain Dave. To then go and find. Oh, who are the two that he's with in Rebels? Wolf and Gregor. McGregor. Yeah. Yeah. I reckon he then saves them with the bad batch to get their inhibitor chip out because at that point in time, Rex. Well, when he left Ahsoka. He's on his own, right? Yeah, yeah. I think you're right. So there, he links up with a bad batch to find Gregor and Wolf to save them. Hence, how they end up being together in Rebels. But they can't save anybody else, otherwise there'd be loads of clothes knocking about. Correct. But there was one. We saw it in J15 planet area. So there yeah. could be others. Yeah, but he de- see, this is the other thing that I don't get. So he deserted, right? Yeah. And. Hearing Order 66, he didn't switch. Well, maybe he's not high enough to... Oh, yeah, that's true. No, but he's already... Because I always thought that Order 66 worked, that the Emperor gave... The Order. The Order, but to a certain leading clone who then told everyone else and they all followed it. Which then... Because I've watched why does his hologram appear. Yeah, well, that's the thing. How does it work? So he never got the hologram. So, no, but the thing is... People have said to him, he was even mentioned in that episode, and they said that Rex spoke to him about Order 66. So is it the phrase invoke Order 66 that triggers it, or just the word Order 66? Because it, might, it might even have to come from Palpatine himself, because in the, in the Bad Batch itself, they, they say something about it's all over the comms. It's all over it, because Racker says... He can hear it. He says, what is this Order 66? Yeah, true. Yeah. So maybe it has to come from Pulps himself for it to, to trigger. Which is very convenient. It is very convenient. Don't worry, Alex. Palps is off with the biggest, hugest pile of crystals to create a huge amount of warships for the future as this is going on, as we know from the latest comics. So don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. It is fact. That is what he was doing to make the Rise of Skywalker make even less sense than it did before. Let's um, <laughs> let's uh, let, let, let's worry about that another day, <laughs> or maybe even later on in the call and in this session. Um, but yeah, no. It, it By the way, the council is in session. Oh, there you go. You didn't say that at the start. See, that's how out of practice you are. Um, but going back to let's go. Actually, let's go back to the first episode because we're jumping around as per usual. Uh, for listeners who are used to our shows, you know that this is what we do. If this is your first time, I do apologise, but you'll get used to it. Uh, if you come back for another listen, that is of course. Um, but um, the first episode is great in the way it does. To your point, Ali, let's look at something that was really good coming out of the first episode: the storytelling and the setting up, as it were of the empire it was yeah. done very well and let's and bringing yeah. in Tarkin was obviously a good way to do that and you 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 really enjoyed that about the first episode right 
Yeah, because you saw the sinisterness of the Empire as well when they switched, for example, to live ammo during the, the training. That was like, you could see how surprised the clones were that this was, it was a clear delineation between the old way and the new way, a more brutal way than it was before in terms of, you know, Republic versus Empire. And I thought that was really good. I like the way that you saw um, uh, the Emperor's speech, the way that you'd seen it, as if saying this is the end and going into that yeah. with all the same characters. I thought, you see, these are callbacks that kind of, if you're going to tell a story from a different point of view, you need um, a, a central point and a ground in. And I thought they really did that really well. I was explaining kind of what was going on for clones because obviously we all know that between this and by the time we get to the original trilogy these clones are gone we don't know where we don't know how and i love the way like tarkin says well you know we can get them much cheaper if we just conscript them and i thought oh that's clever i like that well done but it, that that also made me laugh because he said we can get them for cheaper and they will be just as good yeah we all know the irony of how stormtroopers shoot in in a new hope <clears throat> so that just i suppose that shows his own ignorance again in his own kind of beliefs if you want to call it that which tarkin has done previously like his his own belief in the death star saying that it's indestructible uh which we <laughs> again we all know that wasn't true either mm. but um yeah that that storytelling piece really kind of drove the episode forward for me and the way it established the empire but i think going back to the clones we've seen you know to your point Ali. Clones, in, in Revenge of the Sith, when Order 66 first came into Order, they switched. And that's exactly still what they do in every single interpretation of what we see, whether that's Clone Wars or Season 7, whether it's this. But we, we've never really seen it from a clone who doesn't switch. And I think, Dave, we, we had a conversation about this, didn't we? How we see them kind of question the Bad Batch having a conversation between them, how odd the other troopers Sorry. are behaving. Mm. And I think that in itself is quite good because it really does show the difference, for want of a better phrase, not just for their abnormalities, their mutations, but from a mental point of view, they're chalk and cheese. And it was a great way they did that. Even when they was walking through the hallway, one of them just shoulder barged him and just kept on walking as if they were zoned out. Um, and, and you said that's something that you liked as well. Yeah. Really, really like that it's almost and i think we we talked about this or, or chatted over a whatsapp over this and it was almost a case of the souls have been removed from the clones that by by enacting order 66 the inhibitor chip had switched on and they'd lost the capability of individual thought they'd become what they were fighting they'd become droids great way to put it yeah and i think that's that's an interesting way because yeah they, they then become the weapon of the empire rather than humans because the in the in the clone wars show it really established the fact that the clones even though they know they were made for a reason they still try to see themselves as as people and as individuals hence the reason why you know they've got different haircuts they've got their own names they've got even though they've got their own number They've given themselves names to make them slightly more human, for want of a better word. Whereas now, Switch, all of a sudden, they are no longer like that. They're very much the mind-controlled beings. Flesh under an armour. Yeah. And that's about it. 
Mary, you're nodding away there. That, something that you liked as well, yeah? Oh, I, I'm agreeing with all of this. I don't know if I can add anything to it. But yeah, that's what I thought. They All of a sudden, they became a number again and not their, not their name. So now we're henceforth going to be TK or whatever it is. I, ju- 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 jumping forward to episode two, what I did quite like in episode two was the fact that all citizens of the new empire have to have a number. And the clones actually point that out, that you've, you've got clones who were numbers were taking names and now normal citizens were having to take numbers. Yeah. Uh, and what was it? Was it like a something card or whatever it was? Keychain. Keychain, that's it. Yeah. yeah, to allow them transport off planet and, and, and whatnot, which I thought was an interesting way to take it because, again, it just reinforces that beginning of imperial reign i think Isn't that first introduced to us in the mandalorian the keychain or or was that before Ooh. could have been it's possible because i'm not sure if i heard it before um mandalorian where because in solo we saw when they were boarding the cruiser how difficult it was right so they kind of were um but they didn't call it that right no Until- no Okay, but it was the same thing. Yeah, same concept. Yeah, yeah. No, that's, I mean, again, it just shows, that's an, I hadn't even thought about that. That's a nice little link to Solo, how Solo had all these Imperials kind of making sure that getting on a ship and doing everything you needed to do, you had all your papers in order and, and blah, blah, blah. And this was the start of it as well in, in the Bad Batch. But, but by the time you get to Solo, the Imperial troopers and the Imperial administration are humans rather than clones which means that they're susceptible to bribes and, and what have you whereas the clones wouldn't have been and a siphon of coaxium yes yeah um which again is an interesting one because you can't really see them trying to bribe a clone because obviously they're dare i call it mind controlled and good soldiers follow orders as, as it's repeatedly said throughout the first particular episode good soldiers good soldier follows orders and that and that was an interesting one for me because, again, going back to the whole inhibitor chip piece, how it affects Crosshair more than the others. Well, well just, just the fact that he keeps repeating the mantra, good soldiers follow <laughs> orders. And that was exactly what Jesse was saying in the very final season of Clone Wars. Good soldiers follow orders. Yeah. That was what, it was almost like that was the brainwash. That was the mantra that had been put into them. And the thing that, that got me with that scene in particular was, again, he has the same abnormalities as the other Bad Batch members, but it's impacting him a lot more than the others. And the, the thing that I questioned myself and kind of just want to put it out to you guys, in the episode where, sorry, the episode, in, in the first episode where we know they go to a planet, can't remember the name of the planet, but that's where they meet, inevitably meet, saw crosshair just starts shooting at them and the other rebels just say they they say to him what are you doing but they don't necessarily try and stop him and he just says oh good fold just follow and they just kind of brush it off if this is one of your brothers acting such a peculiar way would you not expect them to be a little bit more i don't know proactive in trying to help him stop shooting people or am i being a bit pedantic 
The planet was called Onderon, not Alderon. Yes, Onderon. Thank you. Yeah. And that's but, the from the Clone Wars as well. Yeah. So again, am I just being a bit picky about the way the inhibitor chip is impacting Crosser, or is it is it a genuine genuine thing? Well, we do see in the second episode that they turn it up. It was in the first episode. That's, in, that's near the end of the first episode, yeah. Yeah. So it is. So it does obviously. This is the point about the mutation. I think we'll come on to it more when we start to talk about um, the kid, Amiga, where her name is. Um, the fact that there is obviously genetic, as you said at the earlier, yeah. differences which are overriding that chip in some sort of way. Mm. Um, so I, I think Dave's right. You know, they they become droids. He sees. A mission he's told what a mission is he sees the mission and there's no compassion unlike a human or a clone trooper before it is that real break of past and and what they become mm. yeah which i think is kind of cool storytelling actually and what's in um, here that's not in the others or is was he more just susceptible to all that all it, along or it, maybe just his it, it, his um modification wasn't as strong because he's just someone who can shoot a bit better. Yeah. That, that, Whereas that, the other one's kind of got more intelligence, more brawn, a better hunter, leader. You know, they're obviously yeah. the Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles in uh, Star Wars form. That's, um, that's my line. I said that in a previous podcast. Did well, you? Well, yes. Is, 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 so. each of the, again, something that I think Alex and myself think so. is, is that e each of the mutations that they have is almost like it's there's physically there's a physical outward um, expression of the mutation, but there's also mental. There must be like mental changes to them, which facilitates the physical expression of the mutation. So, for for, for instance, Wrecker, for instance, his physical mutation is excessive strength and and size, but his mental mutation is increased aggression levels yeah. and increased um, um, probably probably it's, it's probably a combination of things like increased aggression levels reduced um, susceptibility to pain and things like that so so those those are almost like his his mental mutations and it's expressed physically that he grows bigger and he is stronger um, for hunter his his internal mental modifications mutations whatever they are are linked to better better leadership independence of thought being able to draw conclusions by by looking at things and and it's physically expressed by the fact that he's he's got enhanced senses um he's able to read situations better make a judgment call on what he sees so so each of them are like that whereas like like ali just said there Crosshair is literally, he's he's got almost. I suppose from a from a sniper perspective, it would be increased eye to hand coordination, increased mental arithmetic to work out trajectories. Yeah. But but they're not necessarily major modifications to his brain. Yeah, and. Just going back to your point, Ali, I did say it because I said that I compared Tech to Donatello, which then led me to the conclusion that Wrecker was like Raphael, Hunter was like Leonardo, and then by default, 
Crosshair was Michelangelo. I mean, it wasn't too hard to work that out after I said it, was it? I'm going to, in editing, I'm going to find the episode that I say it and I'm going to drop it in here to prove you wrong. I felt a great disturbance in the force. Hey, Star Wars fans. Future Alex here. Not to be pedantic, but yes, I did indeed say and compare the Bad Batch to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. For those of you that are interested, or even Ali, just to have a recap, um, I said this in our podcast titled Clone Wars Season 7, Episodes 1 to 9, that was released just over a year ago. So if you guys want to go and check that out, by all means do so. But anyway, back to your regular program. (laughs) What a pedantic, pedantic, small person would do that. I just like being right. But anyway. Um, I gave so, up on that a long time. You've heard my predictions, haven't you? <laughs> that's how I know you're wrong. <laughs> but let's, let's get back to that. <laughs> you mentioned Omega. And at the top of the show, obviously, Mary, you made a comment there that the second episode made you like Omega more than the first. So we were obviously introduced to Omega, Omega I should say, as just a, a child wandering around Camino, who is a fan of the Bad Batch. Um, we don't know too much about her, but it slowly gets deduced that she is a abnormal clone as well. In the first episode, Mera, then, you didn't seem to warm to her, for want of a better word. What was it that grated you for, for, for Omega? And then, of course, you then liked about her in the second episode. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I admit, okay, so I'm watching this and I'm like, this is about Bad Batch and clones and, you know, I'm, I'm seeing that the minute they get on Camino, he has this single female child that just, just stood out to me, not glaring necessarily, but it was so obvious that I'm just like, okay, so here, <laughs> she's going to be important to this story and Like, what is she, is she going to be necessary? Is she going to prove necessary or is she going to be another, we got to babysit or, because you know she's going to end up with the Bad Batch somehow. You know, you just, for me, it just seemed kind of, hi, here's a little girl who's a clone and she's, there's nobody else like her. She's something special about, it's almost like she's had everything but the neon sign over her head, like, I'm important, I'm going to go to the rest of this story. And I'm just sitting there going, I I hope, I just hope she proves necessary, because it's like, not another kid, but yet I know why they add a kid, and the girls, and the, because, you know, in our WhatsApp, Dave was explaining that a little bit more, thank you, Dave. Um, totally get that but you know because every girl wants to have a little hero that's you know maybe not just just princess leia and uh, of course what's wrong with that i mean i'm just kidding (laughs) me being old school but um in the second episode i did see a little bit more like okay all right her character's not quite so well because she was a little bit dare I say, annoying. <laughs> She's just like wanting to, oh, hi, Bad Batch. Hi, Bad Batch. How are you? I mean, her Kiwi accent's totally cute. Don't get me wrong. But I'm just sitting there going, I truly hope she means something. I truly hope that it's, you know, and, and yet I see everybody on Twitter just loving Omega. Oh, she's so cute. Or she would have, well, sure she is, but I'm just like, make her important, make her fit and weave her story in there naturally. It just, 
but but yes, I'm still kind of hesitant. Uh, I do like her a little bit more after the second episode. Um, I liked the little she got rid of her headdress and a little bit more human, I guess, and and learning the ways of of interacting with other children and surprising beasts and all this and um, you know so I, I think it can go somewhere that might mean something but I'm still like please let her be necessary please let this be a nice little introduction that's not going to be uh, annoying Ali you were nodding away there go on I, I still don't like her she reminds me of Kaz <laughs> she reminds me of Kaz from Bloody Resistance I was going to um, say, that's just the annoyance of it all. Because there is, Mira's right, like the problem with Star Wars is, is like, and actually it's a Marvel problem as well, is they go for the easiest solution every time. The easiest solution to any problem. And when you see this girl, and she's kind of the, not number two, but obviously has been used for something by someone very important high up in the Camino sort of infrastructure of, of clones. She obviously has been modified in such a way to help identify or do something with the clones that much you know you, you can tell that straight away that that's something there and then you get to the obvious kind of okay well what is her kind of purpose and here is my first two bold wrong predictions of the series <laughs> go on then well Mark you know every down. time one of them i just like to say every time because eventually it will become true she's a jedi she might be force sensitive. That's right. Hey, there you go. And the, and the reason I think this is is actually no longer in in sort of nonsense theory, but because of what happened to Palpatine's children clones, and from Ray the force sensitivity, because there is a lineage there of Ray eventually from a clone becoming force sensitive because of. Palpatine and stuff and so the other thing is and I'm sure you've seen this out there is uh the, and I would hate it if this is true but I kind of feel like it might be would, would we say that in Mandalorian we're heading towards Grogu being the key to bringing the Emperor back in terms of the failed clone experiments that eventually work in terms of it's his midichlorians that that break through um, no. because that's why I've yeah. always felt that, that. I mean, I said that after the first season, I thought that's where yeah. we're going with that one, yeah. Well, yeah, um, I, to be fair, I thought that that was the case because you had the entire Camino cloning, um, the, the symbol of the Camino cloning, um, yeah. on, on that Imperial guy. So, yeah, yeah I, I thought that there was a link there to, especially when we knew that. Yeah. Now, please, please feel free to hate this. And to be honest, I've seen other people say it, and this is not an original idea. And everything that anyone does these days will come up with this word, Snoke's origin. Is she the original thing that Snoke comes off of? Oh, you see, I thought Snoke was a failed Palpatine clone. That's what I thought. Well, you thought that until you realised it was Luke Skywalker's hand that brought him to life, right? Due to the recent comics. Oh, yeah. But we already know that. So now we know that that's definitely not true. But, but we, was we, a we base know it's ignore comics these days. Comics can just... Come oh, on. Comics aren't canon these days, so, are I wish everyone could see your face the way that I felt when I saw this. Um, and obviously, we, we shan't go in it, because actually, I, this deserves much more discussion, that in itself. But I think there is... 
to the point earlier that Star Wars is becoming a smaller and smaller universe and everything is tied up nicely, I'm pretty sure, just like we found out the way that Kanan escaped Order 66, somewhere, somehow, eventually, we're going to find out the Snoke thing. And I think we're going to find out the Emperor thing through the Mandalorian. And I just see this girl, and I kind of see the face, and I... The fact she wears that crystal exactly where his cuts are in his head and everything, and you start to go, are they really going to do the obvious? But Snoke was a bloke. Ray was a girl. Yeah, but Ray Ray was born. She wasn't a clone. You can modify them, Dave. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm... Was Snoke a bloke? How do you do that? That's very presumptive of you, Dave. <laughs> oh, Her voice could have deepened such that she, he, you know. Exactly. Very uh, presumptive of you, Dave. Right, okay, move on. Anyway, um, <laughs> one thing that, 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 that you, you've just prompted in me, is, and it's a, it's a thought, actually, that goes back to the, the um, Clone War cartoons and the... Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith uh, movies, really, is... So I, I, I saw online different theories coming up about Omega and what have you, and the fact that she is effectively... Some people... Uh, I'm, not, I'm not one of them. I'm not going down this route. But some people seem to think that she might be a female version of the Django clone. Which I guess if you can mess around with, with cloning enough, you could probably produce a, a female rather than a male. So fair enough, I get that. But one of the pieces of evidence for this that one person came up with was because she speaks with a, a Kiwi accent, and it's just like, do you not understand? <laughs> Accents are not genetic. <laughs> you can't use the fact that she sounds like a Kiwi. To be the basis that she must be a clone of Django, because there's no way that my my child, if my if I had a clone of me, they wouldn't have my accent unless they grew up in exactly the same place that I grew up and had exactly the same influences. It's, well, it's funny because I I joked, didn't I, that she was Boba Fett's sister. Yeah, and because. If if she is a clone of Django Fett, then it's the same genetics. So but she wants yeah. want um, yeah. accent. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, why did Bradley Baker do her voice? You know. Yeah, um, but, but but I was but I, the, what I was thinking was the, the, what this made me think is the fact that all the clones have got Kiwi accents. Well, yeah, because it's it's. But they weren't trained. Yeah. But they they, they weren't trained. They didn't spend all of their formative years or two years. But she three. did around them. Yes, she did. She could potentially have picked it up from exactly. them. I get that. That's yeah. why you know your yeah. your son speaks with a strange accent rather than the Queen's proper accent. Exactly. He's been exactly. In the north. Exactly. It's not his well, fault. <laughs> I don't say it's a genetic modification gone wrong. I just say he's northern. No, no, I get that. No, my, well, my point was, though, is why do the clones have a Kiwi accent? Oh. They, those millions of clones, did not spend their formative years 
one on one, leaving with Django Fett. Podcast, Dave. They literally all had a podcast of his voice from the second they were born in his ear, saying yeah. "blast them." Yeah. That's all they heard. Well, it's all they heard. Boba, Boba Fett would have done because Boba Fett spent his his childhood with Django, so he would have picked up the accent from his Bob, dad. Boba Fett trained the first batch of clones. Django they, Fett. Sorry, Django Fett. They learned how to speak from him, therefore picking up his accent. They then trained the other hundreds of thousands of them, so they've all got the same voice. <laughs> but why don't they sound like the Camino people? That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Because they weren't trained by the Camino people. They were trained by Django Fett. And, and he and was the we, one that spent time with them. Yeah. And, and, and this, this goes wider than this, because this then tr- also then links into my comment about Jedi as well. Because you, you, every Jedi is taken from their parents when they're babies. So before they've learned to talk, before they've developed anything, Yoda's way of talking is linked to the fact that, well, that's his species. He's picked it up from his species. But he spent his entire life in the temple with the Jedis. So he should sound like every other Jedi that can speak basic because he would have learned his language from them. Which is why Grogu doesn't sound like Yoda. It's, well, he can't talk at all yet. Exactly. And he's 15, <laughs> he still can't talk. It's like, come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but, it, it, but, but all the Jedi should all sound, they should all have exactly the same accent. Whether that's a New Yorker, whether that's a London Cockney, whether that's a Lancashire lad. It, it, they should all sound the same because they've all been brought up in a temple by people who were brought up in that temple, who were brought up by people in that temple for the last 20,000 years. They shouldn't have local accents. <laughs> That's a really good point. And yeah. Star Wars. <laughs> also, really important to note that the most powerful Jedis have British accents. Very important to realise that. And indeed, Sith Lords have British accents. Very important. Let's well, just cosplay British guy, uh, villains. Neither Yoda nor Mace Windu have got a British accent. Obi right. Wan, he destroyed the Chosen One. He's the most powerful. <laughs> Ray, Ray has got a British Ray, accent. Ray, 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 you know, the, the, the most gifted Ray British accent. Anakin Skywalker has got an American accent. Canadian, I'd say, but never mind. <laughs> well, James, all right, Darth Vader, James Earl Jones. Actually, Welsh, if you listen to the original court recordings. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, fair so point. British, British. Yeah. yeah. We are going way off topic here. But we all agree, powerful force users have a British accent. Excellent. Well done. <laughs> I'm racking my brain here, so trying to be... Uh, um. What? I'm telling you to look at your phone because outside, and I'm not lying, there's like some photo shoot going on with people with lightsabers. Why? Like, there's proper like filming going on outside my window, and that's why I've been trying to be to look, guys. This is what I'm like. What is going on? <laughs> but there is indeed a picture of somebody with lightsabers. Two no. lightsabers. But, but it's proper camera crews, Dave. There's people well, with what? robes. That they aren't lightsabers, mate. They're just lights. No, and no, two of them a, are. Two of them are, but one of them isn't. That's a wrapper. Is it? Yeah. 
That's somebody shooting a hip-hop video. Okay. Well, this is a good interlude for this Star Wars podcast. <laughs> I got very excited because I was like, lightsabers. We can edit this bit out. It's fine. <laughs> I need to go to Aileen. Continue without me. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get back to Omega. Uh, after all, we have massively diverted away from that conversation. Um, but, Dave, how did Omega sit with you? Obviously, didn't sit too well initially with, with Mera. And I agree with you, by the way, Mera. I thought she's another Grogu, for want of a better phrase. I thought Ahsoka, to be fair. Oh, okay. Ahsoka was annoying when she first joined Snips. Yeah, but she had a purpose. And that was made very clear early on she was the padawan of anakin to try and keep him on the straight and narrow failed miserably but that's besides the point yeah. um omega to your point mary yeah maybe she does become relevant maybe she does become something else but i was getting massive mandalorian and grogu vibes mm, from this. no i i thought she was well, she, she was more more useful let's say than grogu is yeah, and the thing well, that annoyed well, me, go on, Mara, can, sorry. She can, you know, she talk. <laughs> yeah, she learned how to shoot in two seconds. That's impressive. But I, yeah. that's that's what's making me think she's she is she is force sensitive. Uh, uh, yeah, Mara, that got me straight away when when she fired it. Uh, there was me thinking, oh, maybe she's been trained like a clone. Yeah, but then she turned around again. That's the first time I've ever picked up a blaster. But, yeah, right. Which is then when I thought maybe she is Boba Fett's. And she shoots better than the, you know, right. almost as his cross is. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know, straight on the money, first time. Beginner's luck, I think is what she says. But you're like, ah, really? So Dave, that- I can kind of lean toward that. I, I, I can accept that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think she has I think she has the ability to pick up what other people are doing and and her force ability allows her to learn a skill very quickly or, or mimic 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 yes potentially mimic the skill of people around her oh that's interesting ali you're pulling a face there mate sorry sorry dave you think one of my crazy theories are correct that she's force sensitive i think she's a jedi i i think i don't think that I she's, think she's a jedi, jedi. I, I don't think she's a Django clone i think she's a clone of a jedi not necessarily well, yes. jedi allowed it to happen yeah but but I think they've taken oh. a sample from a because there's been there's been Jedi, Jedi Master Cipher Diaz. Well, but there's been Jedi going through that that facility for years. Obi Wan. So all they have to do is just Obi Wan's daughter. Can't yeah. be. She's got a wrong act. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. it, 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 all this, it's just a case of just just harvest a few cells. DNA left on a bed. Left on a bed? How'd it get there, Dave? Hair, you fool. (laughs) Oh, you're making the level of acceptability on these shows drop again, Mr. Contrarian. Um, But yeah, maybe she's a a clone force user. Mm. Maybe she's another thing. That's what I'm thinking. Interesting. Which is why she she is another experimental clone. 
and and potentially the fight and 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 then this links into why she's called Omega for me because Omega is end final it's the last letter of the, the 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 Greek alphabet so for me alpha is the very beginning Omega is the end she is the end product the final version of what they are trying to do by cloning they're trying to clone a force user so if we if we take a view then of Omega, she's either full sensitive, Django Fett's sister, the beginning daughter. of Snoke. Sorry, Django Fett's daughter, Boba Fett's sister. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, a clone of the the first potential version of Snoke. The way things are going, um, and she is not from New Zealand. Yeah, but we know she's not nobody like Ray. And she know, and we know she's not a nobody like Ray, hundred percent. Who is clearly not a nobody as well. All right. Anything else about Omega, or are we at the end of the? Or sorry, are we at the Omega of the Omega conversation? Uh, I would have quite liked it if she'd gone with that family. What at the end of the second episode? Yeah, I think that would have been more interesting. Well, that that would have been the end of her story, effectively. Yes, that's why it would be more interesting. <laughs> Okay, or it could have been a second part of her story where the bad batch go and rescue her from another planet. I'm sure that will happen as well at some point. Oh, more than likely, she'll probably get. This is the way. (laughs) Exactly, Mary. This is the way. Very good. So she'll get. Oh, all right. So let's roll with that. She'll get taken from the bad batch, go to a different planet, and they'll go there, kill a crate dragon, and find her. Hmm. And of course, Grogu's out there somewhere. Maybe Grogu. Yeah, Grogu exists still. Taken from the temple somehow, somewhere. By as we know, yeah. But as we know, then, yeah. My theory about that, it was Atu that took Grogu, right? Why else would he be happy to see him at the end? Well, he can't be because he's he's stuck on Naboo. Did we did we ever figure out how old Grogu would be at this point? Was it like ten or fifteen years old? He's as old as Anakin, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he's the same age as Anakin. Oh, cool. So he's about 20 then. All right, okay. Interesting. He's around. He's about. Oh, they can't bring him into this, can they? Surely. Sure they can. They definitely can. Could it be the Bad Batch that actually rescues him? That was always what Alex said, but it can't be anymore because they wasn't there. They weren't there. Exactly. That was my first. They weren't on Coruscant. That was the first thing that I said, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I, I was pretty much certain it was them that would rescue Grogu, but yeah. clearly not. See, I, I'm wrong from time to time, Ali, as well, mate. So I know you feel. I, I you? Think no, you don't. I get it's, ridiculed when I'm wrong. <laughs> I think it's more often. I think it's our too. I mean, the way that they connected at the end of season two, who knows? And the way that, who knows if we're going to see him in season three? But this isn't a Mandalorian podcast. Uh, let's, step back, let's step back to the Bad Batch. So let's get to Crosshair. I'm not going to lie. Seeing him dressed as a death trooper, I thought that was pretty quality. I really enjoyed that. I thought it looked the part, even the way the helmet kind of looked. I thought, yeah, he was bang on the money. And Ali, you touched on it on last week's episode about the, the, the spoiler um, in the Lego set. Now, at that point in time, that was news to me because I hadn't seen it. But clearly that's come to fruition. Um, 
anyone any other thoughts about Crosshair being a uh, Death Trooper? Effectively? Well, who better really to model the Death Troopers after than Crosshair? Mm. I mean, if they're an elite, you know, absolutely death i mean you know sharpshooter the ones that are i i think it makes sense honestly um that's my theory yeah could this mean that death troopers are clones because didn't uh didn't um uh gideon say that you know by replacing that human element toward the end there that was for the death oh, troopers. Shadow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think that yeah, you might be right. Maybe they are. Maybe the death troopers are clones. If that's the case, they saved the best clones for death troopers. Yeah, because you you only ever see them as part of. They tend to be part of the experimental weapons division, or with very senior ISB style people which is where you want your best of the best right yeah troopers that actually hit their mark yeah. ironically though as soon as Crosshair became an Imperial his shot was a little bit off <laughs> it was really when they were trying to escape now I don't know if it maybe it's him letting his friends escape who knows but like it felt very convenient at that point in time that he completely missed his aim. Yes. Yeah. From never missing previously. Exactly. I mean, there was there was the one bit where I think it's when they first take down at the start of the episode where I think what's his face? Hunter throws up his knife, he shoots the knife and the knife goes into the head of, of the droid that, or whatever it is. That's when they're on the um, when they have the live fire exercise inside yeah. the training facility. And I'm like Dude, if you can hit a knife spinning midair on the hilt to make it then go into the head, bang center in the middle of a droid, how are you not able to shoot these people? Yeah. It, another very convenient, but then again, maybe it's the Imperial that, training. Well, <laughs> well that, that could even be the fact that because they turned up the inhibitor chip, that's affecting the, the mutations he has that allows him to be a superior oh, shooter. There you go. So by doing so, makes him more of a normal... Oh, what was the phrase that they use? A reg, or whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah. Know, they're a reg rather than a special edition. Yeah. So they pushed him back down. If, if, there's, if, if they're almost like you're on a, on a scale, and the more mutant, abnormal you are, the, the further you are away from being a regular maybe by pushing his inhibitor chip back that way, he's yeah. becoming closer to a regular. Because to your earlier comment, if his mental irregularity is his hand-eye coordination, vision, sharp shootingness, if they turn that down, maybe that then goes away. Mm. Hadn't thought about that. What do you think about that, Ali? I must have tuned out the episode. I didn't realise that this had happened. <laughs> I know I found it quite boring at that point. I'm literally trying to watch it now and find out what the hell you're talking about. I've got no idea. At the end of, at the, end of the first episode, when they escape, 
Crosshair all of a sudden somehow forgets his aim. Oh, and does he dress up as a death trooper? Yes. Oh. Does he dress up as a death trooper? Well, he's not dressed up, is he? It's his uniform. <laughs> Armour, whatever you want to call it. Well, he's dressed up differently. Before he's he was dressed cosplay. up as a bad batch, now he's dressed, dressed up as up. that. That's all they are, just different dressed dresses. Dressed up. Yeah, dressed up. Dressed up. I think, as in, he went, oh, you, you know what? I fancy a brand new costume. Let That's me have happens, my wardrobe. <laughs> Luke likes to do that. You know, he's like, oh, I look good in black for this uh, this film. Look good in robes for this one. Oh, <laughs> brilliant. Yeah. I, did you know, it completely passed me by. Oh, clearly. I was trying to find it then. I was like, I'm pretty sure I watched this. <laughs> For viewers who can't see, I had my phone and Disney Plus open then, showing that I was scrolling through very quickly to remind myself of this moment, which appears to have been quite pivotal. And I was like, I don't remember him shooting his colleagues. That's right, colleagues, in different dresses. Unless you want to be so gender-specific to call them something else again, Dave. I don't see... Gender day. I see people. <laughs> oh, we've taken the left tangent again. Oh, dearie me. I just see someone who's very annoying at times. <laughs> yeah. That's not being contrary. More than you do. Yeah. I'm wishing there's something that was in my drink. <laughs> <laughs> so let's wrap up the end of the first episode then. They get away, hit hyperspace. And then they say they're off to see a friend. At that point in time, we had no idea who the friend was. Um, start episode two. We well, had... we got, he did say the planet J-19, which was in the Clone Wars in season two. So we knew where he was going. It was alluded, yeah. So we knew where he was going, but and it was alluded to and kind of, if you can put the pieces of the puzzle together, it made sense. And it wasn't said at that Which point. apparently I found much more interesting than a key element of the entire story minutes before. Which was? <laughs> no, clearly, yeah. Sorry, yeah, I get you. Um, yeah, fair enough. Um, he then obviously gets to the second second episode. Um, can I ask a generic question about Star Wars? Why do they park their ships so bloody far away? Every what, from, single, wherever? from wherever they want to go, they seem to park their park land um they land their ships ridiculously far away where they have to go through something go like let's let's just take rogue one as an example when they land on the planet to go and get um when krennic lands with the death troopers to go and get what's his face to do the, the death star they oh, land galen urso thank you they land about three bloody miles away it's like you've got a whole field in front of his house that you could easily land on and it will take 30 seconds to walk to his front door but I get you don't get the whole atmospheric walk and this, that, and the other. And I'm like, and they've done it again for this one. It's like, why have you landed so bloody far away? That's a rant over with apologies. But it just got to me at that point in time. And then we obviously see them meet Cut. Um, and I thought that was a nice little tie back to Ali's point about season two. And then Cut drops the bomb to Ali's comment earlier on. Rex was here yesterday. Of course he was. All right. Um, and then we obviously know Cut is there and, you know, I, I did like the way they tied that all together because it does, and I, I know it kind of makes it smaller, but go on, Ali. 
No, he was a death trooper. I've just seen it. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Look, for the listeners, Ali has been paying zero attention for the last three minutes of talking. No, um, I have. You were just saying about how to you think that people park too far away. And the answer is obviously yes, because that's how you get ships destroyed, Mandalorian. Idiot. Or get them picked up by a rebellion. Oh, yeah. Go on, Dave. I was going to say, just as a, as a side thing, now that Ali's like on the same page as the rest of us, um, it means that the Death Trooper predates the Stormtrooper. Mm. Yeah, yeah, well, you're right. Rogue One, too, right? Did we? Well, we had Stormtroopers in Rogue One. True, but we've got Death Troopers in at the very end at the very beginning of order 66 or the after order 66 but just as the empire's forming we've got death troopers which is 20 years before dave you, you know what you've done wrong here you've tried yeah. to put consistency in star wars there that's yeah. not in feloniverse that doesn't matter now are they death troopers or are they shadow troopers You've just told me they're death troopers. I've just gone and watched it under the premise it's a death trooper, and now you've what's changed it. What's the helmet? The helmet will tell you. If it's an angular helmet. Yeah. If it's an angular, yeah, because if the shadow trooper still follows the storm trooper, yeah. right? Yeah, good yeah. point. And and that's that's a good point actually because when you look at if you have a look at the bad batch's helmets. Their helmets are variations of the Clone Trooper Phase 2 helmets. They are. But they're modified quite a bit. They do have a little bit more of an angular cast to them. Especially text. Yeah, so it's almost a case of maybe their helmet becomes the model for the the Death Trooper helmet. I could see that. Yeah. Well, I suppose Wrecker had to have an abnormal, because he's got an abnormal sized head. Yeah, yeah. And if anything, his is more rounded anyway. Exactly. Yeah. Whereas obviously tech looks more like a scout, a variation of a scout trooper. Yeah. Cause it's quite square boxy. Yeah. Um, with the visor bit. Um, yeah. that's yeah. interesting. Cross, you get the heavy armor, yeah. Get the heavy armor ones. They're probably a more of wreckers. Can, yeah. can you do everyone a favor who listens to this? Because I've had just had to Google what the hell a shadow trooper is. Cause I've never seen one. Because they don't exist in the Star Wars that I've seen. They're they're EU. Um, yeah. They're non-canonical. Lego Star Wars Three, Echoes of the Jedi, Force Unleashed novel mention only. So yeah. I, I sorry, I've just googled them for all that's kind yeah. of interesting. So yeah. Dave, perhaps you can explain to me more about it. That <laughs> they are elite stormtroopers um, with black armor. Or black and grey armour, it, it depends upon how you look at them. Sometimes yeah. you see them as black, sometimes the black series versions of them are black. And I've got both, a, uh, in fact, you've got the same set. Uh, yeah, they were a they were a War Green Scout. limited edition release about yeah. five years. There's longer than that. So, yeah, so there's a Shadow Trooper and there's a Shadow Scout Trooper. Yeah. It says on here they were developed during the Clone Wars, so they did predate is the answer then. But also, which I find quite interesting, is during the latter stages of the war, the role of the Shadow Trooper expanded with some performing sniper duties. So maybe Crosshair is a precursor to the Shadow Trooper. Well, he'd be after the Shadow Troopers were created. 
Well, the, yeah, but the, the Shadow Troopers. Troopers. Oh, yeah, sorry. yeah, they, they were they were clone Shadow Troopers as opposed to the the, the Stormtrooper Shadow Troopers. Yeah. So maybe he's part of a growing Shadow Trooper thing that might reoccur in the Bad Batch as part of a group to chase after the Bad Batch. Mm. And that, oh, means no. that, again, we've got an EU element coming back into Star Wars. Yep. Honestly, I had no idea what you two were talking about. So the Shadow Troopers were cool. So, yeah, they look interesting. So this yeah. could be interesting. Because I've got a Shadow Trooper, Donald Duck. So have I, yes. In Celebration 2008, no, Celebration 4 or Celebration 5, whatever year that was, they did a, um, a limited edition Donald Duck Shadow Trooper because um, I've got a few of the Disney crossovers. I know, Dave, you've got a few of them now as well. Um, and I used they to released... hate them. I never loved them. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the dark side. Um, you've changed. So I, I've been a fan of these for years. I've even got artwork um that i know dave you've seen that you've seen but i might i might i might share that on twitter uh just to show everyone but it's the crossover between donald duck and the shadow trooper but i've also got donald duck as boba fett mickey mouse as luke skywalker things like that which ironically now and this was before the acquisition and ironically now disney ha actually owns star wars they don't make these and then they have said that they don't they, you're not allowed to reference them anymore which is quite interesting uh goofy was darth vader you know so I digress, but yes, they were very cool. Who was the emperor? Stitch. Yeah. A creepy little thing with pointy fingers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, ironically, Stitch was also Yoda. Mm. Ooh, yeah. a precursor to the future, perhaps. Bob Boba Fett was um, what's that great big fat guy? Oh, it was um, Pete. I don't fat shame, Dave. You might do that. <laughs> oh God! I don't comment on people's bodies. I think I think in the description of this podcast, we need to make sure it says this is not politically correct. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But it was Pete from the Goofy comics, the yeah. cartoons. Um, getting back on track. Uh, <laughs> I've also well, got I miss the... you guys. I've missed you so much. <laughs> We hope our listeners also think that as well, Mera. Really do. Um, Donald Duck is Darth Maul as well. Yes. Which is very... That's a cool figure, that. That is a very cool yeah. figure. Yeah. He's, he's also Cody. Yeah. Well, there's only so many characters they can <laughs> use as a, as a... And also Chip and Dow are, uh, are Ewoks, which is very fun. Um, yeah. Which is very fun. And Donald Duck is also Han in Carbonite. He is Han. Yeah. Yeah. But where we're not referencing... I think this is where this podcast was going. <laughs> We've got hey. the ducks. <laughs> it, it all came out because of you wanting to know what Shadow Troopers are. Yeah. Sure, apparently, it turns out it's Mickey Mouse, Donald Duck, or perhaps a little bit of Goofy. <laughs> I'm down for that. Sign me up. Back to the second episode of Bad Batch. Uh, <laughs> we then see, obviously, they meet the family, and there's this whole thing. Again, let's reference Omega at this point in time because the whole concept of playing catch, you're completely lost. And I thought that was quite interesting because when you think about it, you're a product of your own environment, right? If she's never played 
or played catch, somebody throwing a ball at you, you know, are you going to catch it? What are you going to do? And the way he just looks at it and it just kind of rolls over there. It's, it was quite, I thought it was quite spot on. I know that's a really small thing to say, but it was quite, if you just started catching it and started playing with them, you would just start asking, well, how's that happening? Um, and, you know, you, you all seem to be nodding in agreement with that, which is obviously a good thing. I'm not going completely mad if that's the case. You're supposed to catch it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, and then, of course, the fun thing for me for this episode, and when Omega goes to fetch the ball, there's that animal which resembled the Re- one from... Ricky. Uh, I couldn't remember the name. Thank you, Dave. It resembled that. And I thought that was pretty cool. The one thing that made me laugh, the kids run back into the house and say, Mum, can you help in a room full of ex-stormtroopers? Mm. And they get the mum with a gun to start shooting at this thing rather than getting the clone troopers to start shooting it. I thought that was brilliant. Small, weird, but brilliant at the same time. Again, this episode just triggered me just having weird thoughts about how how the science works in Star Wars. I wondered where you was going with that, Dave, but carry on. It, it, the, the, the fact that you've got a Twi'lek and a clone and they they can have children. But that's like Hera and... But Hera. I, I, yeah, we'd already seen that in... Um, yeah, in I know, I know. But I still, it, still, it still triggers in me this... this I, I don't know what it is. So it keeps, this, did kind of go the way we thought it was going to go from what Dave said. Well, in a roundabout <laughs> way, yeah. yeah. But, okay, well, it, it, it raises, two, it raises two, two questions of me. In, in Okay, I know this is not real world. But in, in the real world... Humans are incapable yes, of having viable offspring with any other species on Earth. Despite us growing up together, despite us having 99% of the same genetic uh, DNA. Despite the attempt of Welsh farmers. Yeah, yeah. As, as a chimpanzee, you, you cannot have a child with a chimpanzee um, i don't know if it's ever been tried but anyway you can't have a child with a chimpanzee but for some reason <laughs> in star wars galaxy you you can have a child with can we someone just stop for a second is it, isn't it, that exactly where aids came from <laughs> <laughs> i'm so, i'm gonna have so much fun editing this podcast that I can tell you that right now. sorry dave i just wanted to stop you there because isn't isn't that i i think it was bushmeat Okay, I thought it was... The same as Ebola. I thought it was... <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking... Just in case. Yeah. <laughs> Just... <laughs> I, I, think, I think it was bush meat. Okay. Anyway. So, let's go... What's your second thought, Dave? So, sorry, so no, so, but for some reason, it appears that you can have two different species that grew up on two entirely different planets, but they're compatible. <sighs> compatible in every way. Where there's a will, there's a way. There's more than just a will there. <laughs> the right part. I, I mean, hasn't there been, hasn't there been mentioned like, the leku of a Twi'lek is a important part of that process. 
I don't know. I've read that somewhere. I swear it. <laughs> you need either to that, start reading those books, Alex. Either that, or I'm getting confused with Avatar. One or two. Um, I think that's Avatar. That is Avatar. But nevertheless, interesting point. Now, yeah, it's. I mean, we've seen it before, and we'll probably see it again. And you know, it's just an interesting one how the kids and the, what is the dominant species, for want of a better word, and the kids are relatively Twilight-esque, if you want to yeah. call it that. Um, and it's interesting the skin, the different skin tones as well, which is quite yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how skin tones work in toilets. We're we're looking at different. I don't see people with skin tones, Dave. You might. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. For that one. I knew that was coming. I knew. That. Okay. Never beat the same again. The second question that this one raised for me was: if you're creating genetic soldiers from clones. You would make them asexual. You would make them unable to reproduce. Ah, but have you seen Jurassic Park? <laughs> Nature, <laughs> Nature finds a way. Yes, yes. I'm, I'm just thinking because you would want soldiers who are not distracted by other things. Are you suggesting they chopped off their gentleman bits? No, you just you just make them sterile. Muted. You just, you just make them without the capability. <laughs> it's funny, earlier on in the podcast, when we had the conversation about Snoke being a man or a woman, <laughs> I thought that was going to be the peak of, of this tangent that we have gone down. However, <laughs> I'm so wrong. It all makes sense now. I... <laughs> And, and, and the irony is, I was gonna, have, I was gonna say something earlier on. I'm not gonna say it now, but I thought, no, I'm not gonna go because I didn't want to take it that way. But we went that way anyway. So, oh. well, why don't you just say it if we took yeah. it that way? Well, I was gonna say, if you take the robe off of a snow catching figure, he has not any bits. So, how do you know if he's male or female? Yeah, oh, but a Barbie oh, figure has boots. Oh. So, so we've now discovered as well that Alex looks under the robes of his action figures. No, just take them off. There's a difference. <laughs> take them off. Puts on some jazz candlelight. I'll swap. I'll swap them over. So shorty robe Luke wears a Snoke outfit. Very progressive of you. Yeah, you know. You know. I, don't, I don't see... No, I'm not going to follow finish. So the mum saves that Omega. <laughs> uh, all's well that ends well. You're and right, Mara. Yeah. <laughs> no, she's not. <laughs> I'm trying to bring sense back to this show. Okay. Uh, I hope Mira has got Sorry. vodka in that bottle. Um, Dave, can you be sensible, please? Alex doesn't like it. I will, I will try. I'm trying to keep the show Thank professional. You. Thank you. Otherwise, we're going to end up with right balls up here. <laughs> I think there's been multiple of those already. Or not, as the case may be. Who knows? Um, mm. But um, I've lost all track of four where we're going with this. <laughs> so we were talking about the mother has just saved Omega she, when she, she could have asked the troopers to do it. Yeah. But I actually thought, because I think... I don't know what you called that strange animal, but I assume it's the same one in Revenge of the Sith is what you called it by its proper name. 
No, Attack of the Clones. Attack of the Clones. Attack of the Clones. Yeah. Sorry, you're right. Sorry. Yeah, because I I actually thought we were about to see her pull pull an Anakin or an Ezra with that thing. By the way, I, and oh, I, okay. that's where I thought that was going. And actually, that was kind of yeah, that was kind of my first bit of all. Oh, is she hiding some force sensitivity here? Mm. That's that that was actually wasn't the first time I thought that, but it was kind of the confirmation of where my line of thinking was going. Because yeah. you should always say, Alex, Star Wars goes in repetitions. And I Question was like, is, though, were you disappointed it didn't happen? No. No. Me neither. I would have been disappointed if she had. Yeah. Yeah. It would give it away a bit too early if that's the case, if that makes too sense. Too soon. Yeah, I agree, Alex. Too soon. If she force sensitive, let's build up to that, but not be like, oh hey, we already she already shot people, so she's gonna yeah. get a lightsaber and go. I've been waiting to tell the universe for a long time. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think going back to your point earlier on, Mary. I mean, that needs, is the biggest. Sorry, I was gonna say she needs to have an important part in this, and doing it in episode two really would have been giving it away way too early. Finish your rant, Ali. Go on. Yeah, Star Wars never gives anything away in episode two of a film series. Or oh, yeah, true. Yeah, good point. Um, but it was two um, of three. So I have got more to this. Oh God! How many more episodes do I have to put up with? I thought there was only one left. What of clone? No. So <laughs> I've got one. How many weeks of... have I got to do this? Sixteen. <laughs> There's 16 episodes. I'm, uh, I'm really happy about that. To be yeah, honest. me too. Let's quickly touch on that. Yeah, because yeah. The Mandalorian had eight. Yeah. Is that right? It was eight episodes per season. Clone Wars no. season. Yeah. Clone Wars season seven had 12. 12. 18 feels like a proper series. Yeah. Yeah. Or is it 19, considering the first one's two put together? But anyway. Eight, um, 16 to 18 feels like a proper series if the content is there. Yeah, well, that's going back to the fact that I enjoyed see the episode two. Episode two, I, I agree, wasn't it? It didn't progress the overall story further forward, yeah, not true. not by a great deal, but it did really start to, to show how the Empire was starting to become the Empire in the wider galaxy and, and the way that it was locking down on normal citizens, impounding of ships to put transponders in, impounding of people to give them numbers. Yeah. Um, it yeah. was world building rather than was. story progressing, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And there were elements in the Mandalorian that had that as well, where it kind of built the rebellionness of, of things happening. Obviously, we saw the X-Wings come in from the Rebellion or New Empire, no, New Republic, wherever it's called. Um, so it kind of built the world without necessarily taking the story forward, and it was very much like that. Yeah. I do have one issue with that, though. As they're trying to escape off planet, they've got this elaborate way of doing it by getting their ship impounded staying on the ship and then breaking the ship out or whatever. Mm. You have Hunter, Wrecker, and Cut. All the stormtroopers, sorry, all the clone troopers-ish, 
and no other clone trooper stops them at any point in time until near the end when he goes, you look like me, but then they get called away at the end. And I'm like, how are you walking down the street super casual and no other clone trooper sees you? The hunter doesn't really look like, though. He's probably the closest, but with his massive tattoo, disguise his face. Um, You're right, Dave. If you had a tattoo on your face, I just wouldn't know it was you anymore. Exactly. Well, we, we know this from other things. Superman, all he has to do is carry his hair the wrong way and pour a pair of glasses on. And yeah. that's it. No one knows. It's who very is. true. I apologise. I was trivialising things once again. Exactly. It's the, it's, it's the way this type of franchise works. Who we is know. that in there? Who are you? Oh, oh Mary's back. Yeah, but it's no. I I just thought it was utterly ridiculous. It is ridiculous. I get why they had to make it be that way, but still, mm. it just it just really. I was like, I, to your point, Dave. I enjoyed the the, the episode because I did think it built the world and it enabled us to see other things. But I just thought, come on now, you're yeah. in a world dominated by a, a ton of clone troopers, and none of them recognise their own brother. Is that really? Well, for me, the, the sillier thing was at the very end where the, they're trying to unlock the ship, which is is magnetically clamped down. Yeah. So that's that's a clamp that's meant to prevent a ship from taking off. Yeah. So which which means that that clamp is strong enough to prevent a ship's rockets, which get the ship to take off and break out of atmosphere. So they're fairly strong clamps, but Wrecker rips them off with his bare hands. Yeah, but he combed his hair a different way and he was Superman. So maybe Echo got it enough to yeah. be... <laughs> Oh, is this like one of them ones where you loosen the lid a little He'd bit of the jam the jar? Yeah. yeah. You can, you can imagine when they got on the ship and it took off, and Echo was like, "Yeah, I did that for you, mate. It's fine, you know." Yeah, yeah. You owe me another one later. Um, but yeah, I'll take your point, Dave. That was a little bit convenient. Yeah. And then does beg the question of how reliable Echo is with that little funky arm thing that he's got, which is like an R two bit. Because R two it managed to do quite a bit before then, though. That's what I mean. He's done. He's he's managed to use it. And utilise it really well. Yet the point where he's actually really needed it, it's failed him. Guys, it was ca- it's called tension, building tension and <laughs> anticipation, and like, oh my gosh, are they going to get away? Oh my gosh, building <laughs> tension and anticipation. What chaps ever heard of anything about that before? No, no. Um, and then he broke it off. We're all so dramatic. Aren't we? I love it. But they got away. All right, I'm conscious we have been going for a good hour and 42 minutes. There you go. Um, and this could be a good spot. What are we thinking? It I'm could glad, be, but we haven't spoken about the most important yeah. Star Wars thing. <laughs> Which is? The new lightsaber that was released by Disney this week. Yeah. I didn't see it. That is a million times more important than any of that bad batch nonsense. Well, wait, may, may, okay, maybe before you go on. A lightsaber that works like a lightsaber anyway, came out. Um, just I, I'm gonna say a quick, quick that round. Lightsaber, Dave. The end of Bad Batch. <laughs> what do we think happens next time? 
I was going to say, in I well, we have no idea where they're going. No. It's going to have to be a planet of some description, probably, so they can top up with fuel and have an adventure. You reckon they'll go to Lofol? Of course, it's Dave Filoni. He only goes to those two places. <laughs> Maybe they got a cross on. Or Tatooine. I like the way you said that. Yeah. Tatooine? You sounded like the like a, uh, trooper would say it. Bit Kiwi. Enjoyed it. <laughs> so... They're either going to Coruscant, Tatooine, or... Alderaan. Naboo. Maybe they'll go back to Alderaan and hook up with uh, Saw Gerrera. Oh. But who, who, who are there? Who would they be able to rely upon now that they know they can rely upon? Soka. Well, Saw Gerrera knows the people who... Well, when does Hera meet Kanan? Not for another ten years or so. Yeah. Oh, is that in the comic book? So no, it's in the, discount it's that one, Dave. It's in the new book. <laughs> it's in the book. Yeah. Oh, discount yeah. that one, Dave. Is yeah. that canon anymore? It's not no, in the film. Yeah, yeah, there's there's a uh, Steve Jackson Miller book, is it? Yeah, Steve Jackson uh, Miller. Yeah. A New Dawn. It's a really good book, actually. It is. Discount that one. Discount it. <laughs> Eight oh, episodes no. time. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're gonna run into each other. Oh, maybe they're gonna find Thrawn. Or Thrawn finds them. Or Thrawn finds them, there you go. Which means they'll go and find Ezra. And oh, then... Ezra doesn't exist Thrawn? yet. Oh, yes. Yeah, he's a child. He's a child, yeah. Sorry, yeah, good point. He exists. Does he exist yeah. yet? Yeah, yeah, he would do. Because he's older than Luke. Yeah. Only by a small amount, though. Yeah, a few years. How old was Caleb, though? How, old, how much older was Caleb to Ezra? Probably about 15 years, 10, yeah, 15 years. 10, 15 years, yeah. So Ezra's not born yet, right? Ooh, don't know. Could be. But it, Ezra's it, about it, 10 it, at the start yeah. of Rebels, which is five years before. Yeah, so yeah, he wouldn't be born yet. Because this is 20 years before Rebels. No, it's not. But Luke, Luke well, Luke, no, because Luke would, was 19 in A New Hope. Yeah. So which Luke just born. Yeah. Yeah, we've seen Luke born in this timeline. Yeah. Which means that and Ezra's a few years older than Luke. So then Kanan was <laughs> You're absolutely right. Hold on, this is going weird, Dave. Yeah, hold on. Because Luke is definitely born. I, I saw it. <laughs> yeah, Luke's Luke's been born. Yep. Just born, right? So yeah. um Ezra yeah, is about f- fifteen ish in rebels in rebels so he's about a year or two older than luke yeah so he would be a toddler now yeah so he would be born but only just yeah because kanan to your point mirror at the moment he's a padawan which means he's about 12 10 12 could be slow could, so, could be a little bit, little bit older than that i i yeah i think he's 14, 15 because anakin was about like 18 with, with his voice, I reckon he's, he's going through puberty at the moment. So it's, it's 14, 15. All right. Yeah. So Stop. Uh, I think we've managed in like three or four years not to say the word puberty once until today. Yeah, but in the last episode, we didn't say balls up ever, and then we said it about 20 million times. 
that's because Dave's children are older and they know how they listen to it at an age appropriate uh, point. <laughs> but in the next episode, God knows. I think is a yeah. short answer, Dave. Any other Filoni knows. Oh yeah, you'd hope so. <laughs> yeah. And yes, the lightsaber is epic. Yes. <laughs> and I want one. I want one. So what do we reckon it is? Well, what do we reckon it is? Do you mean how do they do it? Yeah, it's a piece of um, it's a piece of like if you imagine a um, measure with measuring tape. It's a piece of that that comes up when you press it and lights up, but very thin and like apparently that's what the pattern says. So if that's what it is, then it's not going to be like LED imprinted into it. It's it's very thin and very clever the way they've done it. Yeah. Oh, oh, could that could that be like organic LEDs? Because that's what goes into the foldable foldable screens, doesn't it, for mobile phones now? Could be. Or it could even be as simple as you know you can buy that light tape that you can stick behind your TV or on a desk that's like a two millimeters thick, but it's got LEDs in it to light it up. <laughs> it might be that because obviously that can roll. If that's what it is, it's going into the into the hill. And effectively rolling like a tape measure, the yeah. light could probably do that as well. But yeah, I, I well, I want to go on the cruise ship. But how does it remain rigid when it goes up? Will it be on the cruise ships? That's where it's been released. Yeah, it's not the cruise ship. It's the um, Star Wars hotel. Oh, all oh, right, that one. It's yeah, part sorry. of the Star Wars hotel. The well, it's a cruise. It's a what's it called? The Halcyon. Yeah, yeah. It's part of that. It's part of that experience. So what do we think price point then? Three hundred. I mean, I think more. The the dark saber that got released, um, it's the in June. It's getting released. That's two hundred and fifty quid. Yeah. And that ain't nothing as fancy as this. No. So yeah, I mean, but but the people who can get it have spent how much to get on that cruise ship thing? Yeah, true. That's why I reckon it will be like three hundred because they're not going to be charge expensive. them another like seven hundred on top of six grand or whatever it's going to be to stay there for a couple of nights no i don't think it'll be four figures or anything like that it'll be mid mid hundreds between three to five hundred i reckon especially the first couple of limited editions like in galaxy's edge recently they did a limited edition skywalker hilts mm. that come in a nice box and a nice wrap layers yeah layers and luke's three hundred dollars yeah for, and they're only hilts i think i don't even think they've got attachable blades they're just hilts no, but they were properly metal and nice. And it was limited edition as well. I think they only made 500 odd. So like the Master, uh, what was it? Master? Master Series, yeah. Master, yeah. yeah. The FX Master Series, yeah. Yeah, because you've got a couple of the little ones of them, haven't you? So, yeah, I've got a one... Stop one giggling, six, Gally. I've got a 1.6 Darth Maul <laughs> and a 1.6 Anakin, I think it is. Yeah, that are in boxes and... Yeah. Oh, so with that being said, thank you very much for listening to us on this absolute ramble of a Star Wars podcast. I think that is a good place to uh, end this week's show. And as we do, as per usual, I'm going to ask you guys for your final thoughts. Mr. Contrary, final thought from you, mate. Well, I really hope you show me your one sixth Darth Maul next time I see you. I'm quite interested in that. For I think start. I've shown it to you already. Oh, maybe I have. <laughs> It's double-ended. Is it? Excellent. 
<laughs> Any other final thoughts, or is that it? Yeah, I don't care about the bad batch again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's gone full circle. Mera, final thoughts from you. Uh, well, let's see. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bit anticlimactic now. <laughs> I, don't um, worry, Dave will bring his three and three quarter inch to my wedding. You can see that one if you like, Mera. <laughs> I, I'm good. Uh, so <laughs> Since I'm beyond, you know, you know, a serious answer. Um, the, uh, anything's possible. <laughs> I can't. <clears throat> anyway, uh, yes, I'd like to see Omega mean something. <laughs> Dave, final thoughts from you, mate. I really enjoyed the series so far, and and I'm looking forward to what happens next. I just hope it doesn't become Clone Wars, Rebels, Mandalorian, just seeing all the same people. Who's our who's our guest for next week? That yeah. type of thing. Villain of the week, guest of the week. Yeah. Cameo of the week. Yeah. I'm hoping it doesn't become that. Mm. Oh, yeah. I suppose final thought from me. Um yeah, I'm enjoying it. I'm looking forward to Friday. Um, and I apologise to the listeners for the absolute shambles that this podcast has been this week. Um, you can tell we're out of practice. It's not about you, Dave. I blame the host. <laughs> the ho- it's, it's like having a bunch of rowdy children that you're trying to curtail into behaving. Um, Herding cats. Something like that, mate. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and with that being said we are off thank you very much ladies and gentlemen for listening to us we are the Jedi Council where we talk to you about everything and anything Star Wars ladies on, Alex. gentlemen and everyone else I'm not gender specific like Alex ah <laughs> oh, dear universe help me um, and that includes everyone in the universe regardless of their whatever um <laughs> So, you can, if you want to learn more about us, you can find us at www.the-jedi-council.com. If you want to hear more about astounding, amazing podcasts, our back catalogue are basically everywhere. So, go to SoundCloud, look for us at the underscore Jedi and the Council, underscore Council even. Um, you can even go to our website and find our podcast page where we have links to everything on there find us on spotify find us on amazon the ios podcast at podbean player.fm you name it we're on it and of course we're on youtube as well don't forget that if you go to youtube see some of our videos that we have done we haven't done any in a while to be fair we probably need to up our game on that sound that this is only the third podcast of the year so who knows maybe we'll do a youtube video next year at some point um if you want to interact with us, we are on a variety of different social channels. Twitter, at the Jedi underscore council. Facebook, at TJC underscore the Jedi underscore council. Find us on Instagram, at the Jedi underscore council underscore TJC. We're not on Snapchat. We're not on TikTok. We're too old for that nonsense. Um, and God knows what we would do if we were on it after this conversation we've had today. Um, who I'd knows? quite like to see Dave wearing different masks to some sort of Star Wars tune. And doing a little jaunty dance. I mean, that would be nice. I was worried where you was going with that, mate, but that's a good idea. 
I didn't say what was below the stormtroopers. Well, that's what you can't see. <laughs> it's, the, it's the jaunty camp. Yeah, I'm worried about. Oh, I believe. I think you can do jaunty. Anyway, Alex, sorry. Alexa, you can find us there. I did say Amazon earlier on, but yeah, you can ask your little friend in Thank the Echo Alexa. Dot um, to say at name of said device. Please play the Jedi Council podcast and it will play our latest episode, which once we get around to editing, it will obviously be this one. Um, and with that, thank you very much. May the force be with you. You have I'm to so con- sorry about that. <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't. Oh. Remember, the force will be with you always.